Liberty lockdown, please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne If you ride with the thought, you've always got a home The virus you're scared of will come and it'll go The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe Let's get into the show Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Liberty Lockdown. I have a very special guest with me today, guy I've been following for a long time, a bit of an inspiration to me, if I'm being honest. Uh, one of the TLE crew, formerly the FedCast, Car Campit is in the building. What's up, brother? Hey, man. Thanks for having me on. It's uh, uh, That's uh, scary to hear that it's, uh, I'm a little bit of an inspiration. <laughs> I hope that's not entirely true. Well, it, it is a little bit true. Um, I, I actually had a show with two of my best friends uh, prior to you know taking the political route, so your your show is just so reminiscent to what I was doing before, and cool. I think that's why um, it appeals to me so much. I think that's why it's such, such a success. You guys like really effortlessly tie together um, the humor of you know three good friends uh, paired with a passion for not necessarily politics, but uh, I guess liberty would be the a good way to put it. Or I guess liberty is I think I think that's the best uh, the best possible descriptor right there <laughs> friends and I guess liberty <laughs> question mark I mean I guess liberty and a little bit of like I don't know uh, Stalinism yeah <laughs> so, yeah yeah a dash of Stalinism you know it's, it all goes into the gumbo but I appreciate the kind words man thank you yeah no problem um, so first and foremost most important question do you think you can beat me at volleyball oh yeah fuck yeah dude. For real? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> do you do you play? I play nonstop. Oh, yeah. okay. I do too. What do you do? You, uh, you play beach, I assume. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm in San Diego. Um, oh shit, man! I started playing about. I, I was a basketball guy growing up, but then mm-hmm. I started playing uh, beach volleyball because my knees got shot. And yeah, man. Six years, about six years, five years, six years, somewhere around there. I've been going. Um, I play like ten to fifteen hours a week, so I'm. I'm very okay. much in love yeah. with it. What about you? Dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah, easily. I mean, especially during the summer months, you know, I'll easily play, play 15, 20 hours. Uh, Hell yeah. I play basically nonstop. If I'm not if I'm not working or whatever, I'm, I'm out on the um, out on the sand. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm the same way, man. I my knees. I, I try to play indoor like because we we don't have much like y'all. We don't really have like winter. I mean, we kind of have like an extended fall, you right. know, basically Thanksgiving to basically right now. And so I'll play a season of indoor and my knees are shot. Like I just, it sucks. So I, I, I <laughs> just really scratch the itch and then get through to the next sand season. <laughs> do you guys, do you guys play twos or fours? Twos. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we, we play fours. Uh, we'll play fours a uh, tournament. Like, so much like y'all, we don't really have kind of have like an extended fall, you know, basically Thanksgiving athletic of our four squad for sure. One of them played semi-pro basketball, still plays semi-pro basketball. He's six, nine. One Damn. of them uh, played college soccer and one of them played, uh, played a little bit of rookie ball after college baseball. Um, and I, I have, <laughs> I, I wrestled in high school and that's about it. So I know, so uh, I'm six foot, which is, as you know, pretty undersized. Uh, sure. So uh, they let me play, play with them. I, I mean, I'm a good player, but I, I'm not, uh, I'm not a natural athlete like they are. They're, they're really good. We'll play fours. Um, and then I, I mean, obviously I prefer doubles, but uh, fours is fun to just change it up every now and then. Nice. Yeah. I, I, uh, my group has actually kind of migrated. I used to play with these like 20 people that were um, like amazing human beings, but not the best players. And then they kind of, they like migrated out, uh, which apparently is a very common thing. Now that I've been on the beach long enough, I know 
a bunch of guys who've been playing for a decade plus and they say this is this is how it goes you get this like unbelievable community and then they all like go off and have kids and then like (laughs) whatever savage stays behind uh kind of becomes the og of the new group and now i'm up to i'm in this new group of like probably uh rotating like 40 people that come out and and we play fours and it's co-ed so it's um uh, but we have some really good quality girl players too. Anyways, we're probably boring people to death with a volleyball talk, but it, it's so rare to find, you know, libertarian leaning, uh, you know, volleyball players. So I had to talk to you about for it. Sure. <laughs> for sure. Oh yeah, 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 dude. Oh man. And we got, dude, we got to play together too. Uh, uh, do you play, if one, do you play doubles at all? I don't just, I mean, I, I have, but it's not, it's not what I do often. So I would be, I would probably not be an ideal uh, doubles partner, but I don't know. It depends on, on the caliber of play. I mean, I play with like, um, semi-pro, you know, beach volleyball guys. Mm. So I'm not on their level, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a utility guy, you know, <laughs> sure. I can, yeah. I can get the job oh, done. Yeah. 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 No, do, yeah. You should, uh, yeah. Play a little bit more doubles, man. It's a uh, doubles fun. Doubles fun. The thing about fours, and I know that we're probably boring people, but the thing about fours <laughs> it's, that's fun uh, when you're changing up the pace from doubles <laughs> is that you have three of your friends rather than just one of your friends that you're playing on a team with so that's exactly that's super fun what do you play uh i i know i'm i'm dragging this out but but uh what, what do you play in force do you uh are you back are you setter are you hitter no no we we rotate so i play everything oh okay um i'm okay. actually i'm six one um i can jump decently because all, all my basketball experience so yeah i'm 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 a i'm a threat from everywhere basically i i set really okay. well and i can i can hit pretty damn well i can jump high uh, the only thing I don't do well is dig because I'm too old for it. Yeah. I'm just like I don't want to fuck my neck up. <laughs> yeah. uh, That's what you... I struggle with because I usually I usually play blocker, um, and I'm undersized as a blocker. I'm six foot, so uh, but I, that's what I'm I, I'm we. I tried to three of your play um, in short tournaments. You know I don't know if you guys have those down uh, over there six foot and down. Oh um, no, and uh, and so I, I try to yeah yeah they're yeah they're fun. Um, so I'm basically an undersized blocker. That's where I like to play. I'll play defense too, but um, I, I like to block. Very cool. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah. I mean, I'm six one, so I I can I can block pretty well. But if you're only six foot to to be that that be your forte, you must have some damn good timing. Did you <laughs> did you did you start? Um, did you get into volleyball like once you uh, you you weren't raised in Texas, right? I'm from uh I'm from North <laughs> excuse me North Carolina. Um, I played a little bit right after college, um, and, uh, I didn't get super into it, but then I moved to Colorado and we would play volleyball, grass volleyball in the parks to just pass the time between ski seasons. And then I moved down here and got super into it because there wasn't much else to do in Texas. And, uh, but it's, you know, we have a near year round sand season. So yeah, it's, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. you know, basically all we do. So is there, um, can can I ask uh, just broadly where we're at? Like, is it around Austin or Dallas? Or oh no, it's Fort DFW, Fort Worth. Okay. Yeah, I, cool. I play. Um, yeah, I play a lot of the tournaments in the mid cities between Fort Worth and and Dallas. And then uh, there's a bar I love out in Dallas called the Sandbar that I go play at quite a bit. And then uh, locally, I just play on the Fort Worth side um, for you know afternoons after work type thing. So, do you guys is is beach volleyball really popular in Texas or sand yeah, volleyball? Yeah. I guess you guys would call yep. it. <laughs> yep huge huge yeah yeah we'd, well i mean we do have the the golf obviously uh but right. yeah no it, it's it's very popular here there's some really good players very um, cool here and a big tournament circuit so it's well uh, i i'm very much considering leaving my my sweet sweet home state of california where i'm born and raised and love it deeply but 
Um, I'm going to be touring the country trying to find where to go next. Uh, I'm actually in the process of completing the construction on six homes. And, oh, cool. and then once I sell those, I'm the F out of here. Uh, so I got to cool. figure it out. But Texas is high on my list. Uh, it seems like there's a lot of cool people there. So I wanted to ask you, since I know you you live there, is, I, I, you know, there's like the uh, the good old boy version of Texas that people kind of, um, there's like a hey geographies written about it. Like people try and talk about it. Like it's, it's really, uh, its own, its own country almost. And then there's the, uh, the, the fears about all of the people like me moving in there from California and, and turning it purple or, or ruining it. What, what is it like really? Um, yeah, that's an interesting question. Like I said, I moved here from Colorado and I had never lived in Texas before. I'd never been here before I moved here. Um, and it's funny because a lot of the, a lot of the stereotypes are true. Um, and, a, but most like kind of aren't, but like a lot of the goofy stereotypes are, are really true, which makes it uh, fun, but no, <laughs> it's super, it's super easy to, uh, the people are great. The people are super friendly. It's cheap as hell. It's easy to live here. Um, and it does give you that feeling a little bit of feeling of insulation from everything else because Texas is, uh, Texas and people, you know, a lot of people here, you'll find it's Texas over us. Like they are Texans first. That's what and I want to hear, man. Any, yeah. Anything else after that, there are the drawback, you know, it is, a, it is a red state that comes with positives for sure. And then it right. comes with also negatives, but I would say like by and large for someone who's not completely out on the left side, um, like, you know, for, uh, and you know, if you, if you're relatively within the Overton window of, living your life, you know, right. sort of thing, like career, you know, maybe like, like to go out drinking, maybe, you know, maybe smoke some pot or something like that. It is completely fine. It is a, it's a, it's a good spot. And, uh, and so it's, you know, I, I've, I've really enjoyed it. I didn't like it at first, mostly because I hadn't found my volleyball crowd. Um, and coming from Colorado where I had a bunch of stuff to do, uh, all the time outdoorsy, it was, it was a little bit, uh, a little bit tough, but once you start grooving with, uh, you know, with some, with people that are doing something that you like to do, you know, it's, it just, it's, it's fantastic. And man, it's just so easy to live here. Is it? What, 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 what about it makes it easier? It's just cheap. It's oh, cheap, I got man. you. Yeah. 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 yeah it's, it's, it's super cheap. It's, it's, um, it's, uh, yeah, really, uh, inexpensive and it's, it's big population, you know, so you got the DFW airports that go everywhere. It's just, you know, it's just, um, it's, it's very convenient, um, and, and relatively easy. And especially I'm out on the Fort Worth side, so there's not really any traffic. Um, it just, it comes without a bunch of, by the time I left Denver, it had just gotten over completely overrun. I left in 16 or seven, 16, seven, 2016, I guess, late 16. Mm -hmm. And uh, it had just gotten completely overrun. It could be expensive people everywhere. Traffic was insane. You couldn't even like go, you had to get up at five in the morning to even get up to the mountain in time to, to enjoy the day um and and everything so it's just you know it's just a different speed of life and, and a lot easier no for sure and uh, i mean you're not going to find a much harder place to live economically or financially than than southern california so uh, right. other, yeah. other than other than maybe new york so it, wherever i go it's going to be better um mm -hmm. and and honestly like i'm that's the probably half of the reason i'm i'm leaving is cuz they're talking about putting a wealth tax on on the uh oh i saw that dude yeah Golly. with it with a 10-year clawback bro so insane. insane yeah it's i mean it's so what are they gonna do if you don't pay it though well like after you move after you move out I, I think it's the same thing they do with all tax bills they would they would lean you and then if you don't pay they could probably imprison you i mean they could imprison i wonder if to, I, man you know what 
I, that's that's one of those instances where I wonder if you're going to see the state of Texas be like, hey, as long as you guys come here and are cool and don't, you know, we will block the uh, California Treasury uh, if they if they come after you. I mean, I don't think they would be that cool, but well, that's, the, that's certainly if, if Texas, Texas is they're loving te- this influx of people. I can tell you that they're, they're, they're at least the, the the government, I think, is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it seems like it. I mean, if, if Texas will will sign a, a non extradition treaty. I'm I'm the fuck there, right. man. Like, yeah, right. That'd <laughs> that, be incredible. That's what I need because I'll I'll be like Edward Snowden, but in Texas as opposed to Russia. Uh, it, it really feels like, um, you know, California. I, it's it's very easy to be hyperbolic about the the bad state of affair, affairs here, but when you consider that we've been under one of the harshest, if not the harshest, lockdowns for you know ten months oh now. Oh God, um, dude. What, so very, what is go, go into that? Go go into that. What 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 exactly are they doing where where you're at in San Diego? And also, do you? I don't know how specific you get on where you are. You like Mission Beach, Pacific Beach, or like I'm, I'm Carlsbad, so, so oh, okay, yep. North County. Um, yep, uh, which is an amazing amazing town. But the city council here has um, three, you know, super woke lefties uh, out of five, yeah. and mm. and they've you know. God, it's it's so much inside baseball, yeah. but I'll I'll give you a, a brief rundown. They so all of our all of our restaurants got closed, all of our gyms got closed. Basically, life came to a screeching halt during the summer. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it was very very hard. It was very hard on me emotionally. Honestly, they even shut yeah. down the beaches, man. So like they, I know, I remember that. Oh, I, dude, I have, dude, I have a picture. Um, and I haven't put it in the frame yet of that dude that was getting arrested on the beach. I believe it was in San Diego where he's flipping off the cop and walking yeah. out in his yeah. wetsuit with the board. And yeah. I'm going to put that. I, I have it downloaded high res to fr- to put up in a frame because that oh. guy is my fucking hero. And I remember <laughs> when that happened. I remember when that happened, man. That's, yeah. it's, it's insane. I remember yeah. they were just waiting for surfers to get off. And I surfed like I, I've been out and surfed uh, like swamis and suckouts and like nice. all those places up and down the uh, San Diego shore there. And uh, I was like, fuck, yeah, dude congratulations being a man <laughs> i know we uh, unfortunately we haven't had enough of it but uh I've, I've had i've had cops approach me um while i've been playing volleyball and and try to you know threaten me with fines and shit like that and really? it's just yeah it's just brutal i mean it's just absolutely brutal it's like it's it's just simply not the america i grew up in and and i know yeah. that a lot of people talk about, oh, well, America's never been the uh, land of the free that you think about. And I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. Okay, you black yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, like, but obviously yeah. it, it has not ever been the land of the free, quote unquote, but it has been a lot better. I mean, I don't know. I don't and know. Certainly what... California has. Like oh, yeah. in the in the 1800s, <laughs> like there, yeah. like, I mean, anything west of the Mississippi was was basically red light. I mean, yeah, you know? it was it was so, uh, and it was Ankapistan. <laughs> it was. It, it was in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's really uh are you in your 30s like me yeah okay so yeah you then you you're of the same age that that remembers the time before um I, I really I've, I've been thinking about that a lot lately i mean I've, I've tweeted about it a bunch too but it's just i'm so i'm do you ever think about this do you ever think about how how dangerous it is to have this entire generation of young people growing up not knowing you know even a yeah. quasi free lifestyle Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yep yep yeah no i do i do and and uh yeah it's 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 crazy it's crazy I, i'm uh, i'm only 32 so i don't it's not like i remember remember in, in terms of sure you know it's not like i had my driver's license or anything like that but a lot of the draconian measures were still st- needed time to wind up um not maybe not the tsa like that i think that was i remember that being instituted pretty quickly but right. a lot of the stuff had needed time to wind up so i still consider even the years after 9 11 when i was growing up in high school were you know 
it wasn't like this. It, it certainly wasn't like this. Um, no, not even. And close. I remember before nine eleven, I remember flying, and like you would just waltz into the fucking airport. <laughs> um, you know, people at, don't you even know, thirty. Pe- People don't even Go know ahead. this, but but you used to be able to meet your relative at the gate when they arrived. Yeah, people, I, yeah, exactly. People don't even know. I, that. And I remember, yeah, yeah, I remember meeting my grand. My grandparents would be at the gate, like when we flew up to to go visit them, and like, yep. I, I mean, dude, it wasn't even that long before that that you could smoke on the goddamn plane. Know. You know, I use I've I've been on planes where they had the the ashtrays in the fucking armrests. Yep. It's like, yep, pe- people mm-hmm. just don't they don't understand it. I mean, I, I always I have to like offset this black pilling, uh, you know, line of thought with the white pill of the fact that like simultaneously we are getting some improvements in other areas with like decriminalization of certain drugs and things like that. Yeah. So, I mean, there's definitely offsetting inputs that I, I try, I try not to get too grim about this stuff, but, but for someone who, who grew up, you know, pre-internet, which I basically did, I, you know, I'm 38. So uh, I didn't mm-hmm. have the internet really until high school. And mm-hmm. yeah. even then it was shit. So, you know, we yeah. didn't have yeah. social media and the whole, control of our entire existence until my probably my mid 20s um so it's just it's just a very it's a very unique age to have grown up in but it's also in some ways a a harder one emotionally because like if you've never known the freedoms you lost it's kind of easier to accept and you know like i feel like the young people probably just don't know they're like hey you know it's lockdowns have been shitty but like they they are accustomed to tsa and, and all these other draconian uh you know Arms and arbitrary state. arbitrary edicts and i know that those it's not like those didn't d- didn't um exist before but geez man especially like like maybe two that you know in the late 2000s it just you know this executive order stuff right. and like just random shit would just come down the pipeline and you're like where is this coming from and who is no, well no like <laughs> like i don't want to do this <laughs> and uh yeah you're you're totally right i hadn't thought about it like that um it's uh yeah it's a damn shame man it's a damn shame and i talk about this with jacob Lindsay over at the uh, you know um tasting anarchy and he mm-hmm. runs childerberg we live about 20 minutes from each other um he's and, he's the yeah. really tall guy you were talking about on biting the bullet yeah he's yeah he's like six six or six seven yeah he's yeah. he's really tall is he a, need get, we need to get him out on the sand court i was just gonna say is he a killer volleyball player I'm pretty sure I've heard him say that he's a self-described non-athlete, but looking at him, like, I think he swam. I think he, like, he looks super athletic, Interesting. Um, but I think he just did sports that were not, that didn't develop the um, baseball foot, yeah, hand-eye type stuff. Yeah. I think, yeah. That's, I think that, that, that's my, cool. that's my whole gift. Like I'm not a tremendous athlete, but I played, you know, soccer, baseball, basketball, mm-hmm. and now beach volleyball. So like, my my hand eye is is top level, so that it's it's weird because you know you'll I I've have some players that get out on the on the sand and they're like six eight just Adonis's. I, by the way, almost all my players are like uh, they're uh, personal trainers, so they're just all oh yeah freak yeah, really attractive cool. people. Yeah. But some of them are fucking dog shit, and it always makes me feel better. <laughs> Dude, yeah, no, it is. There's there's a delicate uh, set of skills that uh, or or a perfect set of skills that um, is kind of required to to translate over to, to volleyball and, and certainly one, um, you know, there, there's a timing aspect and big time, particularly for hitting, um, and blocking is that you have to jump at a different time when you're, when you're seeing the ball than you do for other sports. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's like a slight difference and, and that's a, that's, it's a different, it's a different beast. You ever Um, thought of, you ever thought about what goes into that? Cause like, this is kind of nerdy of me, but, uh, you, you kick it with birds, so you'll be fine with the nerdiness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, do you ever think about like 
what it is about brain function that allows certain, like, you know how you have a uh, quick twitch muscle fiber mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. like yeah. elite athletes. Yeah. I, you know, if you're good at, at the timing with beach volleyball, you kind of have to have like quick twitch uh, muscle reaction and, and uh, assessment and timing and calculation. Uh, or, that... Yeah. It's like space. I think it's like just spatial awareness. Okay. Um, I think that's kind of what it is because I, I know that there, I, I see there are guys, there's a guy that I play with um, uh, in my, one of the less competitive places that I play, but there are still really good people there, um, but it's just close. So a lot of Fort Worth people just stay there. So they don't have to drive a bunch. Um, and he's, he's super big. Um, like not muscular big, like, like I think he was an athlete at one time and what kind of let his body go. Right. Um, but he plays, he plays a uh, net on in fours. And I mean, he just, it, the timing is just perfect. It's impeccable. Oh, and wow. he, he, he jumps at the perfect time. He just gets great angles on the ball, great hits, great blocks. And he's just completely out of shape and and you're like, <laughs> I don't understand, you know? And I think it's just a spatial awareness thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. He's, he's not the quickest guy, but he knows where he needs to be based on the angle of the ball. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's just so funny because like some players they'll come out they've never played in their lives, and you know like two games in they're already you can already tell like you can really tell yeah. quickly if someone's going to pick it up or not. And then other mm-hmm. other there's other you know girls and even some guys I've played with that I played with for fucking years and they will never get the timing down. So it's just, yeah. it's like an innate ability. It's not even a learned ability. It's, it's really fascinating. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And, and it's a different one from uh, maybe basketball is closer. Uh, yeah. Just you're seeing the ball come from that. I, I don't know, but yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah, it'd be it's like different. It'd be and, like and, shot blocking timing. It would be very similar. Yeah. It, right. 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 And then hitting, you have to be almost late compared to other sports. Like a lot of like baseball, if you see a fly ball, you want to get, you want to get there and get under it. Right. Um, so that you're ready to throw. Whereas you kind of want the ball to come down. Be, yeah. Whereas in volleyball, you're trying to explode into it. So right. you almost want to be late or that's how I think of it is you want to be kind of late almost to it that later than you think you should be. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it's a little bit weird. Well, uh, I'll, I'll pivot from volleyball so people don't fucking tweet at me with anger. Yeah, but we're but we're gonna come back to it. Trust <laughs> me. <laughs> I mean, it's just when it's your passion, and I, obviously there's not many people that I can talk to about this. So when it's your passion, yeah. it's just it's just fun to find someone that knows about it. So, oh yeah, yeah. Um, well, I guess uh, I'll get a little bit personal. I, the reason I like coed is because I am now a, a newly single guy, and it's fucking tremendous. So playing twos, it doesn't seem like you would run into many ladies. Do you you have a girl already? Dude, I'm I'm also newly single from from the the COVID experience. So, there you go, man. Uh, yeah, it's it's a I I guess you're right, but a lot of the places I play, there's a big uh, contingent there. So, um, okay. I mean, do you actually play on the beach? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. So, like a lot of the places I play are venues. So because we don't have a beach, obviously. So like one place I play in da- in Dallas is called the Sandbar, and so it's a bar with about eight courts. And so you know you're hanging out there. It doesn't really matter what you're playing at the time, doubles or or, or fours. Right. Everybody's still there anyway. So. Uh, I got you. So it's still a communal yeah. affair. Yep, yeah. At, exactly. at the beach, if you're like whenever I go and play twos, it's usually just the four of us. So mm-hmm. um, oh, okay. Yeah. But when I play fours, it's like there's we'll we'll get two courts going and we'll have yeah. 40 40 people there so when you right. have to sit out you're just hanging out with people and then you guys exactly. you go, yep. go out and you party after and stuff so i don't know anyways it's the lifestyle anyone that's out there that's fucking listening that's like um you know woe is me lockdowns ruin my my social life for the love of god get into volleyball if you have any hand eye coordination at seriously. all it is the best community they're the coolest people they're the it nicest is. people everyone is. is just like 
they just want to be your friend. It's and great. it got and it got me through COVID. We joke, me, me and my too, buddies bro. that, I, dude, it got me through. And let me tell you, and I know that uh, uh, your audience is uh, probably getting tired of volleyball, but you know what? I don't give a fuck. <laughs> uh, the, volleyball got me through, and it's my my buddies and I joke about this now. But when when things so Fort Worth never got nearly as bad as it did out there. But in those first few weeks, when everybody was freaking out, it kind of did. And, you know, we had the closures, I think they sunset, you know, a couple weeks after the first, you know, in like April or something, okay. like yeah. mid-April. So it was, it was bad for there for a couple of weeks. Um, and, but then after that, there was the lingering mental effect where every, you know, people kind of looked at you weird if you were doing something that was, you know, not proper, but we, so we play at this place over here in Fort Worth. I'm not going to get too specific, but um, it's a place that we're all members of. And uh, so they closed down by mandate. So we started hopping the fence. And, and going it. On. but it's right but it's right by a trail so we had six of us so we would play threes and uh and um uh, and then i guess uh, people on the trail would start to report us oh god so yeah which was totally even in ridiculous. texas they still do shit like that that's that's sad I, yeah it was so upsetting and this is the, the uh, yeah anyway i don't want to get but uh so then i guess they had a maintenance worker come down and take down the nets so then we bought a net and we would hop the fence and we would go set the net, <laughs> net yep. up you know and we would play and then they got more calls finally the the owner of the place uh caught us when we were out there but he was cool as shit he was like hey listen guys i am getting a an avalanche of calls about you guys being out here i get what you want to do i'll give you guys free a free month of gym membership please just let this ride for a little while <laughs> so <laughs> by that time by that time um they had uh fort worth was still under some sort of lockdown but tarrant county was not so we just went out to county courts and we're, uh, and we're nice. playing out there but i mean dude and and then as soon as um there was one county out here called uh, Collin County that was basically skeptical of the whole thing the entire time. And that's happens to be where a big uh, volleyball venue is out here. And they, and so they opened up for tournaments in like May and I went out there expecting to see like six people masks, you know, whatever right. it was packed, Hell hundreds, yeah. you know, no masks, everybody out there, but you know, even when it was still just like ramping up and like people were freaking out and it, the entire volleyball community was out there just not giving a shit. And it was just, uh, even if you weren't playing volleyball, it was great to be out there. See, that's, that's, those are the moments where I feel really patriotic when I, when I see people yeah, exactly. ju just saying, fuck the, fuck the yeah. rules we have to live. Yeah. And, um, similar, similar story with me that we have these three, um, city posts that are set up with nets year round in, in Carlsbad. It's like the most convenient, amazing thing. They, the city of Carlsbad shut that down, but the state wasn't enforcing lockdown. So we were allowed literally 30 yards north on the same fucking beach we were allowed mm -hmm. to set up mm -hmm. our own poles and play yeah even the, and yeah i mean it's just the the arbitrary nature of these rules was crazy was one of the things that that made me the most radicalized like the most close yeah. to like losing my mind and honest to god same same thing with you i, I don't think i would have survived lockdown those first four to five months if it wasn't for volleyball like it I, i'm telling you I, I work from home, so me too. You know, me my too. my whole existence is is fairly solitary. I got dumped. Yes. The fucking country got locked down. Uh, basically, I had to close my business because I couldn't. I'm a private money mortgage broker, so I couldn't, um, in good conscience, lend lend out money when the fucking I'm I'm thinking the economy is going to collapse. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. be, because it was before all the bailouts and shit. So yeah, like my whole world was just. Oh fucking God, man! Thrown into turmoil, yeah. and, I, and I'm not—I'm not like woe is me. It happened to basically everybody. Um, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, if it weren't for that community, and if it weren't for that outlet, that competitive um, outlet, I just 
I don't know if I would have survived, man. It was really that dude. Bad. I, I honestly, man, I, I, I bet that there's a lot of people in that same position. I, I certainly am. Um, yep. that, you know, it, when you, you would be frustrated all day and then you would go and that just getting that competitive energy out, come back, take a shower, sit down on the couch and be like, all right, thank yeah. God. Like, yeah, geez, exactly. You know? <laughs> no, I have four, I have four days before I get to play again, but I'll just, uh, I'll just scream on Twitter yeah. and then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll scream on Twitter, lock the guns away, <laughs> not look at them. <laughs> <laughs> how yeah, how is man. it that your your uh your twitter vibe is pretty pretty low-key honestly like you don't seem to get upset very often what what keeps you zen man because like i i am definitely more of the uh the fireball thrower um obviously on the show sometimes you'll get you'll get heated but for the most part with your your twitter um outlet you seem to kind of keep it keep it tame for the most part how, how do you how do you manage that is that is it intentional or is it just kind of your nature um, yeah, it's, it's probably a little bit more my nature. Um, okay. I'm, I tend to be a little bit and for better and for worse, a little bit more detached. Um, and so that often, uh, will, will come out in my, in my shit posting and my not really caring <laughs> if people attack me or anything like that. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, like pot. I'm, I'm like looking for fights. <laughs> oh, pot! All right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a, dude. I, I wish I could. I wish I could. I get, I get way too anxious when I smoke. Otherwise, I'd probably be a huge pothead because I yeah. definitely need something to fucking chill me out. But uh, as, as it stands now, uh, my main stress relief is just dunking on the loser brigade. It's, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not a very healthy outlet. I see you but... out there. I see you out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, you get it. Yeah, I like. No, I love it. And I love it, man. <laughs> they are. I mean, I what an apt, what an apt name for them. It's, oh, it's there's perfect. just no other name. It's just, it's like, they're they're not worth any more than that name. That is just it. the loser, the loser brigade. That's what it's, it is. It's they're, it's they're honestly the they're it's the, the nicest thing we could say about them. Really, I know. And and but but what I'm saying is they're not even worth something more mean because they're not worth it. That's a good point. Um, yeah, it, it's it, they just aren't. They they these are the people, these are the people behind lockdown type things. They're the people that cannot handle other people having fun. Yeah, and that they, they are the enemy just as much as anybody else because th- they are busybodies at heart, and I hate that. I know. Mind your own goddamn business. Like, hey, isn't you, that like isn't are, that isn't that a core tenet of libertarianism? Just like yes, mind your own business. Leave me the fuck alone. I'll leave you alone. Like, why can't they do that? Yes. Why are they even libertarian? I don't, I don't understand it. I no, I I don't know. And and I mean, you can t- you can tell me that you believe in self ownership or the non aggression principle all day long, but at the end of the day, if you feel the need to stick your nose in everybody else's damn business, you are not a libertarian. I yeah. I. The, I the, this the, you you can't be a Karen have... and a libertarian. You can't do it. Right? No, <laughs> I know. I know, man. I, I don't get it. I mean, I don't engage because I, dude, I would flip a lid if I if I did engage, <laughs> if I did engage them more often. I, I, I would. I, I'm not that. I'm not that cool and collected. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I always walk, walk a fine line uh, between saying what I really feel and getting suspended and just kind of uh, right. bullying them. It's, it's funny because like my nature is not to be a bully, but I, I really feel as if it's a countervailing bullying. Like I feel as if they are actually the bullies within the party, because for the most part, I don't even give a fuck. I don't even know these people. I don't give a fuck about right. them. I don't care what they think or what they have to say, but when they start to fucking, come after people that I think are actually making a difference in the world. That's where I'm like, okay, now, now you've crossed the line. Now you've taken yourself from Switzerland and you've become, you know, uh, uh, an expansionary Germany and I have to fight you. Like that's really how I feel about it. And it's probably ridiculous because I know they're powerless, but it's still, it's just infuriating. Yeah. It's white blood cell response. I mean, yeah. And totally, totally natural. I mean, I, the thing is like, I, the, the, they are, 
they're so um i don't even i the, <laughs> if it, it would be one thing if you're if you're like i'm trying to think of a good example but i can't even fucking think of one like it, it <laughs> would be one thing if if you're like you know there are elements w- within the libertarian party that are kind of like hey we need to stick with our people type they don't want to they don't want to aggress on anybody but they want to be with their people and that's fine whatever yeah but there, I, i'm not one of them people. but i i could care I'm, less. I'm not either i'm yeah. not either i because i mean shit dude i yeah I, I i could not care any less but then there there are people that are like hey we need to be inclusive um but they do it without being such a loser about it like right. hey, you know and and then there's the loser brigade that ha- that it, it's the only button it's the only scab they ever pick and you're like hey guys do you guys want to talk about the wars or or the drug war or like any nope. of these other gigantic issues nope just no, racism to pick this stupid scab <laughs> that doesn't exist it's no. so crazy i know and, and it's i i know i know some people that are are more woke than i am for sure uh maggie anders comes to mind she's she's a great person i think the world over um, she's just a, she's just a nicer person than me. So she's like, mm. she's much more into the, uh, inclusionary environment. And I'm like, I'm honestly, I'm all for inclusion. The, the, my whole issue with it is that their vibe is exclusionary. Like they, yeah. if they mm. would, if yeah. they would tr- stop trying to run shit and stop trying to, you know, uh, evict people like Maj Ture or, uh, the most recent guy they're going after is Hotep Jesus, which is who Dave Smith has been trying to get to join. Um, it's just like you're you're for inclusion and you're for demonstrating your wokeness so that we can be accepted by minorities, which is their mm-hmm. I mean, that's their pitch. But yet, I guess, yeah. but yet they try and keep out probably the biggest black voices when it comes to either anarchism or libertarianism. And it's just it's yeah. just so obvious that these guys are more interested in maintaining their little fiefdom than they are in anything else and honestly i don't give a fuck about their fiefdom keep it i don't give a fuck about the lp keep it but if you care about freedom since we've all been locked in our fucking houses for 10 months i've never even been interested in getting involved in politics really until i was told i couldn't leave my fucking house and then i was like okay now i care now i have to fucking now i have to make sure that the lp isn't ran by a bunch of cucks because like it's the only political force that should be out there actually conveying what I believe in. And up until I was locked in my house, I really didn't care how shitty the party was. But after that happened, I was like, okay, now I have to get involved. God damn it. You know, yeah. and I yeah, no. I know you've kind of washed your hands of the LP and I don't blame you at all. Um, but I, I did want to ask you, do you think that an agorist kind of, because you lean more agorist, it seems like, am I right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah. Okay. Can can an agorist survive? Like, uh, I know obviously you'd be better off than the average person, but can an agorist survive an outright societal collapse? And if not, does that require you to get involved begrudgingly in politics? What do you think? Um. So I I've, I think I think a lot of people think of these things as in absolutes. Um. Mm-hmm. And I and I tend not to. Um. You yeah, know. Please it, please because... don't feel like you need to make a binary choice here. I'm just talking. Yeah. 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 Um. I so. I think that you know, and and it's no it's no secret. And I try not to 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 rail on it like day in and day out because there's plenty of uh, uh, Bitcoin podcasts out there. But I'm a big Bitcoiner. Um, I think that there are the technologies exist for us right now to begin to secede um, and sure. to start to create the new world that we want. Um, and so, to me, you know, I I have seceded from the banks. Now I still have 
I, I still have to do stuff in in of regular course. banking, but I don't think of it as my bank, right? Like I, I have my wealth out, outside of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, using you know things like Tor and BitTorrent and and um, peer-to-peer technology like protocols like that, radio, uh, you know, all of these things where you can really really decrease your the the your interaction or your um, pliability by the state right. um, and or your reliance on are, it or reliance on it. Yeah. Um, and so starting to, uh, uh, or, and, and that can even be so much as, as getting wealth, you know, getting some wealth and getting um, a little bit of financial independence where um, uh, you're not necessarily, I, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not knocking anybody in this situation. God forbid. I mean, I, I absolutely am not, but I mean, if you got locked out of your job in the last eight months or 10 months, you know, think about that. Think about like, right. that sucks. And that came entirely because of the state entirely because they decided that you no longer were necessary, how fucked up that is. And that should motivate you. That should light a fire under your ass to say, you know what? I need to have a little bit of cushion here. I need to have a little bit of financial, uh, uh, you know, some capital, especially outside of the state yeah. so that I'm not, is reliant. I'm not as as tied to their day to day stupid fucking decisions. Um, <laughs> it's never been now, more clear how necessary it is. Uh, it, 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 if there was ever ever an agorist uh, billboard with neon lights around it, it was this last year. I mean, <laughs> exactly. it, it's it's very very important on a personal level. Right. Now, when you get onto the um, kind of liberty movement level, I still think that's the way the way forward because for those things to work, we need a community around them. I mean, Bitcoin doesn't work if it's only one guy, right? Um, so, you know, we need more people to be embracing those networks and embracing um, those technologies that help free them from from these uh, again these day to day stupid decisions. Right. Uh, but that doesn't mean, and I'm not a political guy. I, I think that. Um, I think that my desired uh, input in politics is zero percent, but um, a lot of that is just because I don't like it in the first place, right. uh, and like I'm bored by it, and so I don't want to participate. But I will tell you that I went and spoke at city council, and I went and I spoke at our com- commissioner's court um, two or three times uh, after the lockdowns because I like you found myself in a position where they were just issuing these mandates. And I'll tell you the restaurants that I frequent aren't libertarians. The the bars that I frequent aren't libertarians. The right. gym that I frequent isn't run by a libertarian. Who's going to stand out there with an AR 15 and say, no, um, you know, this is my gym. Unfortunately, I wish they were, right. but, uh, but it, it almost, and I knew I, I didn't go in there thinking that I'm going to go light the place on fire and that I'm going to change everything. I, in fact, I felt that I wasn't going to be able to do anything and, and I was right. Um, but Again, it I, I did. You still got involved I, when you had to. Yeah, yeah, and 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 useless though it may have been, I felt as though I washed my hands. I, I, right. I like look, I've I've come here and I and, and it was an interesting experience, um, because I was standing next to like um you know BLM, and we were both shouting the same things uh, uh in the commissioner's court and in the in the city council. Um, so it was, it was, it was a wild experience. If for no other reason, I'm glad that I went for that. That was, it was just very, very interesting because I had gone as a civil engineer plenty of times there to argue for clients for zoning permits and for this Uh, and for that. Right. Um, and you know, it's always very tempered and man, it was, it was, it was, uh, it felt like, uh, you know, that feeling in the air when a fight's about to break out. Mm -hmm. Yep. It felt like that. Like it was very weird. It was very bizarre to go to a place where you're so used to monotony. Um, feel like a, 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 a powder keg. It was, it was no, that uh, honestly though, it's, it's great to hear that that energy was in the air because that's what we need when, yeah. when your freedom has been stripped from you, you should 
it the the air should be filled with rage and um that yeah. that's the the saddest part about my city council is that because we live in the ultimate dystopia in america um they made the entire city council meetings for the past six months virtual so you know yeah. you had people screaming at them through their fucking zoom meeting but you didn't yep. get to have the intimidating factor of like, Hey, you have to walk to your car after we talk. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. maybe take yeah. what I have to say seriously. And, and I'm not a fan of violence, but ultimately I feel, and I, I've had this argument with a lot of people, but I really mean it. I feel that violence has been taken out upon us. You know, like if you're, if you're forced, oh, absolutely hundred percent, a hundred percent, if you're forced to close your, if you're forced to close that's your violence. business, I don't that's know violence. how that's not violence, you know, that's violence. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I know, without question. You took, you, you say you're going to take away my power to provide for my family. Yeah. Well, that's violence to, to cut it. Yeah. You no, know? I mean, it's, it, it may not be physical in nature, but um, if we're only going to have the non-aggression principle applied to like, okay, someone throws a punch, you can now punch back. You're going to fucking get knocked out. I mean, yeah. like, that's just not a reasonable way to live. And I still believe in the non-aggression principle. I still think that that is actually applying it is that you have to oh, be able to, you have to be able no, to use it, but people have said it's, it's they don't want to be a libertarian. It's, it's, oh, sorry. Go ahead. It's, it's, it's violence or it's violence or reasonable threat of violence. I mean, that's, right. that's an NAP. Um, and, and, uh, and so, yeah, no, I mean, if a mugger comes up and says, give me your wallet with a gun in his hand, even if it's not pointed at you, I think that's violence. Even oh, if yeah. he doesn't have a gun in his hand, even if he doesn't have a gun in his hand, he demands your wallet. I think that's violence. Yeah. I mean, you're, in that scenario, I think it's very reasonable to say, well, this guy's going to punch me if I don't give him his wallet. And that's, yeah. that's a violation. So, or, um, or, I'm, or he's just robbing me and that's my property. Yeah. So I have a right to defend it, period. You exactly. Know? Exactly. Like, so it, yeah, it's, no, no it's very, it's very frustrating to me that, that people are saying, oh, I don't want to be a part of the, the LP because, um, you know, I, I feel as if I can't, uh, I can't live by the nap. And I'm like, no, but you can like this, yeah. this is part of it. The, yeah. the non-aggression principle without self-defense is fucking meaningless. It, it's right, like, exactly. It's just pacifism. Yeah. And we're not pacifists. Like I, I don't understand right. where this, the, the party that, that, you know, allegedly bleeds independence and mm -hmm. and revolutionary spirit is yep. is somehow cowed and it's because it's led by fucking cucks like nick sarwak who who don't yeah. seem to understand or rcia i don't ops. think he's uh, well i was gonna <laughs> say i don't think he's a cuck i think he's actually very smart and i i think i i am 99.99 percent sure that guy's a controlled op i do too I, I there's just it's almost impossible to believe otherwise but but the the scary part about it is is that he got into that position of power and he is surrounded by a small cadre of sycophants. I mean, a very mm -hmm. small one, but a, a, a semi-powerful one. Like it's, it's really, you know, what's interesting about it. It really makes you think about the nature of, of politics, because if a guy like that, who we tend to believe is probably uh, a bad actor, a hired mm -hmm. one at that can get into a position of power and then have people who are probably not being, you know, they're not operatives they are not being compensated in any real fashion, but they're just, they're just so power hungry that they want to um, they'll, they'll, you know, march in lockstep with this fucking loser because mm -hmm. because they want to maintain their little itty bitty power power in this group. And it's just so sad to watch, like of all yeah. of all the parties that I would think wouldn't have an issue with, with that, it would be the Libertarian Party because it's like, I don't want power over anybody else. I could give a fuck less if I'm a high up 
rep in the LP. Like I probably have a bigger impact with my Twitter account than fucking these guys do in real life. So um, no, you're right, dude. You're it's right. Weird. And I think, and I think, I think that last statement is, is truer than you understand. And, and every, every, um, every interaction that I've had with the LP in person has just been really, really irritating and frustrating, um, which isn't many. Um, and, and I'm sure like, like I, I you know, I, there are plenty in the Mises caucus that I'm friends with and, and I always wish them well. And I, and, and I hope they do stir up some trouble. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think, unfortunately, I don't think they will. Um, I, I think that the game is rigged. Um, and I don't, I don't know if there's any way, but, but man, if they prove me wrong, that would be fucking fantastic. Exactly. Uh, that, that, that's, be, that that's where I'm at with it. I'm like, that would be great. Whether or not they um, can actually stir shit up, I don't know, but they're going to try. And I, and I yeah. hope, I hope that they can, prove you and I both wrong that you mm-hmm. can actually take over a party and and get the messaging on track because as I as I've said before I don't care about you know political solutions to this I think that the political solution ship even if we can take control of the LP the political solution ship itself sailed about yes. about a year ago as far as I'm concerned mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I, it may have it may have sailed long before that but like I am confident as soon as yes. they locked us down the political solutions uh left so yeah I, I just think that uh, I think that you may be right. I think that they may be able to get in there, but then realize that like, oh no, there is an internal mechanism to this that we were unaware of, and we cannot yeah. actually change the messaging. But we'll find out. You know, it, there's no we'll harm in out. trying, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So like, fingers nah, crossed. Really. You know, whatever. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I said this. Uh, I said this on a recent podcast. I, for me, as long as you are buying uh, Bitcoin and securing it, you're checking your box. After right. that, anything you want to do is is a okay. Um, I. But but do that, clear your conscience and say, yes, I'm doing what I can to remove money from state, which is the thing that libertarians have been ranting and raving about ever since I've been a libertarian from Ron Paul in 07 and 08 is end the Fed, which it translates to get state out of money Mm -hmm. um, and and do that, do your part. And then after that, do anything you want. And I I think that if you if you do that and participate in Mises caucus, that's great. That's that exactly go and stir up some trouble and change change some narratives um basically you're saying just just don't let that be the sole outlet of your um, exactly protection exactly Exactly. because it's likely to fail (laughs) it is it's quite likely to fail right you know and i don't say that demean to demean anybody in the mises caucus i just i you know no, I just think it's a practical it's a analysis. Game. You're 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 playing you're playing Monopoly against the banker, and and right. I you know the, the you're not the power broker. Someone else is. Could I tell you who? No, I don't know. But I don't think that anybody in the Mises Caucus has the power that they need to to be as disruptive as they want to be. But I again, I would love to be proven wrong. Yeah, we'll we'll find out here really soon. I I, I mm-hmm. actually do believe that Dave Smith is going to do what he says and get us over fifty percent. Uh, control, and then we'll see. Uh, I, I don't listen, know. Listen, Dave Smith. If anything that we can do to get Dave Smith uh, a bigger platform, I think is a good thing because oh, that yeah. guy is he's he's uh, he has a way with words, he does. and um, he has he has a way of making silly people look silly. And I think that's a that's the that there's nothing better, man. Even if it's just for entertainment, as the whole thing burns. I mean, right. it's it's uh, you know I just want Dave to have a bigger platform. Yeah, no, he's he's tremendous. Uh, I think that that's probably the reason I stopped with my my three man show and and went because they weren't as political as me, and I wanted to make mm-hmm. my show almost exclusively about um, you know anarcho capitalism or libertarianism, and I was just yeah. like, 
when I, I never thought that there was a market for it, honestly, because, you know, there's been the Lions of Liberty and there's been some other guys out there that were doing all right. But until part of the problem came around, until he yeah. got onto Rogan, I didn't think that there was a market where you could actually do something with this. So, um, yeah. you know, and then I found you guys and I was like, fuck, I should have stuck with my buddies. I could have just made it more political and <laughs> just drawn them, drawn them, drawn them. Yeah. <laughs> well, I it, honestly, I had, I had already converted them both to being quasi libertarian, but, um, definitely not as, as uh, pure, well, or, or radical as you guys or, or me for that matter. So it, we, we would do like movie reviews and shit like that, but you guys review, review McDonald's so I could do whatever I want. Yeah, you can do whatever you want, man. It doesn't matter. <laughs> there's, yeah, you got it. I mean, you got a captive audience because there's a lot of people that are pissed off at the government and they're locked in their homes right now. Exactly. So you know, it, it, anything else? It helped with the download figures. That's for damn sure. Um, yeah. Can I can I ask who who wrote the theme song for or the new theme song for TLE? Because it, I think it might be the best thing I've ever heard in my life. Dude, it's the best thing I've ever heard. It's a, it's a Joe. It's actually the same people that did the Friends Against Government theme song. Um, it's Joe and Tim from the An Architecture podcast. I'm not sure if you've listened to that, but I've hooked up with them on a couple things. They're architects, um, and or sorry, Tim uh, is an architect, and Joe lives in Australia. He's a, I think he, he's a mechanical engineer by background. I think he does acoustic stuff or sound stuff. Uh, they're both incredibly talented, just incredible individuals, um, and they they just put it together. We didn't, um, we had we they they captured our essence without us even really giving them much of any input. That's, that's when, amazing. When, yeah, no, they, they, they're killer, man. I mean, and Joe is just a, a master with the um, sound effects and the sound and, and, and all I'm, tell, that. I'm telling you, dude, when that, when that comes on, I get genuine. I mean, I enjoy your show anyways, obviously I'm, I'm a big fan, but when that, when that theme song comes on, I, I sing it. I'm fucking excited about the show starting. <laughs> it's so good. It's so it good. Is, it's so good. When he sent it over, I was like, dude, this is, it's, uh, it's just, man, I, he, he just really captured it. So I, I and then, and, and their show is great too. I, I I'll, I'll give them a plug. Um, it's, it's great if you're interested in, um, uh, well, the, the, I think their theme is building the state, uh, building the stateless world. So how how these communities would organize and what perhaps urban planning or things like that would look like oh, in an environment without uh, without a monopoly over how it would how it would run. So it's it's very interesting. They explore a lot of very interesting topics. Did did you ever? Or you, you may not even remember, but I sent you over my theme song like four or five months ago. Did you ever hear it? Yes. Yeah, I did. Yeah, dude, okay. it was. <laughs> yes. It was okay. Because when I said. Uh, uh, Friends against government. <laughs> I said, "What did I say?" Friends against government, but uh, but you can call us fags. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, some about mummies. Put it put it in the bag because you were talking about mummies and yeah, bags yeah, the mummy back in the city. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was it was good. It was good. Yeah, dude, we, I, I gotta I gotta use that. We so now we're we're gonna uh, do a Patreon and do some like we're going to try and do some premium content. We have no experience with this. So we're, we're like, I'm emailing back and forth or, or texting with bird and Aaron. And we're like, what do we do? What do we do? We don't know. We want it. We know we want to do it because we want to do like, we want to do more. Um, but I did, I need to use that for something. I need to oh, uh, please. incorporate that. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Yeah. yeah I, I think that, uh, you know, that was my, my first for, foray into um, marketing the show. Cause I was like, these are all the shows that I love that I would like to be on one day. So I'm just going to fucking make it pretty decent song about it and then we'll see if if it gets uh get some traction and oh, sure yeah. shit did dude, dude. I, get, I got to uh you know nico followed me who's like the big libertarian lady in, in the in our yeah, yeah, realm yeah. and um they i've been on their show and then i've been on i've been on like ha pete quinones was on my show last week and now you yeah, and i, saw I had i yeah, had yeah. aaron on um so like well you gotta you gotta swing by our show 
I would love to, man. Yeah, it's it's yeah. been a, a dream of mine to to come in and talk shit with you guys. So that'd be cool. Yo, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely. fun. I did want to ask you though, um, what is what is Go the ahead. what is the plan for your show? I mean, like obviously you guys seem to be growing a lot. Um, is it is it purely organic, or is there is there a mastermind behind all this? Oh, did I lose? Oh no! You? Can you hear me? Yeah, you're yeah. Right now. I, I missed I missed everything that you just said. Oh, okay. I said <laughs> I, I said that your show your show has been growing, it seems uh pretty well. And and I'm curious if there's a, a game plan to it, if there's a uh, an end state to it, and and or if it's purely organic that the growth's been happening because you guys are just fun and entertaining or and, and smart and everything else, or is it um is there a, a mastermind behind the uh, the masterpiece you guys are putting out? absolutely no central mastermind completely <laughs> organic and and that's all that we want like we like it, it has grown in exactly the way that that we all want it to um and and that's exactly what we want um it, it's it's there is no end plan there is no game plan right like now it. the only thing is uh to you know we wanted to do a little bit of expansion we wanted to roll out the website we wanted to do um you know have a, a store and stuff like that and then and then we did want to do a patreon because we've feel like we could provide some really cool uh content if you know granted if we could spare a little bit extra time and uh and so i think that's a place that a couple people you know you find yourself in um where you're like okay i want to do this show a lot because we just genuinely love it i mean i i love it yeah, it's a blast. now more than i ever have it's it's just it's fun as hell to record it's fun as hell to do it's fun as hell to scheme with bird and aaron now um and pause now um uh, but we, you know, we just want to do more stuff. And at some point you just kind of run into a little bit of a wall where you're like, well, uh, I, I can't just be draining my own time and money. You know, to, if I, if I want to take it to the next level, I can't just be spending, you know, 10 hours a week, uh, on, sure. on this unless, unless something's kind of coming in a little bit. So, yeah. um, but well, we've, I, we've received nothing but, uh, but positive feedback about doing that. I was a little bit worried at first because, you know, we've been going for almost three years. We've never really run an ad. We've never done anything. Um, and so, and I, I didn't want to spoil that. I didn't want to do, we didn't, we right. just don't want to do that. We don't want to cheapen it at all. So I, that's, um, that's the tough balance is like keeping the, it's kind of like Rogan, you know, like he, he goes to, um, Spotify and it's just, it's just not the same, man. You just, mm -hmm. yeah. the vibe, the vibe is very different. Like, I don't know if you are, are you a listener of him? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I probably watch a Rogan a week, maybe like the interesting one. Sure. Right. Week, of I'll course. Watch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can't yeah. watch all, all three of them, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, I've been listening to him since I think 2010, you know, when he first oh, wow. started, okay. I was like yeah, episode yeah. 60 or something. And oh, wow. Okay. No, yeah. I'm not. I, yeah. yeah. He would have, I mean, that's how I fell in love with Duncan Trussell and uh, Joey yeah. Diaz and all these guys. And it's just like, and he was just saying completely absurd conspiratorial shit. And like, now he's so far away from that. He has fucking his homeboy in the corner fact checking as they talk. And it's just like, this is not what you are. Why are you doing this? Yeah. But, yeah. So yeah. I, I know you guys will never go there. I have full faith that you will never get uh, sucked into the corporate hellscape because I'm sure you're all too, uh, too principled to do that. Unless someone throws a million bucks at you, then, then maybe you might. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, th I think, I think it's just, I don't like, I not only, I think that we don't have the capability of doing that. I don't think either any of us are terribly competent at doing anything other than <laughs> kind of like what, what, what we're doing right now. <laughs> uh, so I, I don't, 
I don't really know if I, I don't know how much we could change if we want. We're we're not equipped to sell out. So you can, you can rest easy. (laughs) Yeah, you can can keep dollars over there, sir. We cannot do that. I I don't know what that is that you want us to do, but I cannot do that. (laughs) Well, I've had Aaron on my show before and he is a fucking fireball throwing savage. Is he as mentally unstable in real life as he appears on, on, uh, on Twitter and on podcasts? Cause goddamn, is he a fucking maniac when I talk to him? Uh, yeah, I've been trying to figure that out. I don't really know. Uh, so, <laughs> oh, oh, I, mean, I, I've never, I always imagine that you guys like all live around each other, but you probably don't, huh? I've never met any of them. What? Yeah, I've never met Bird in real life. I've never met Aaron in real life. I don't think they've ever met in real life. <laughs> That's incredible. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I know Bird like pretty well at this point, and he knows me pretty well at this point. Um, and and Aaron, we all met each other online around the same time, so we're, we all go back. But Aaron just wasn't a co-host of the show. Although he's one of the first guests that we had, right? Um, but yeah, we yeah, talked, we talked about that. that. But I, I did not realize that you guys had never even met. That's incredible. No, no, no. And that's like that's something that we were talking about. I was like, we were like, man, if we did do something with Patreon, it could be cool if we could do like some kind of in-person podcast. Like, oh and, hell yeah, and, and dude, at Childerberg, do, like do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, yeah, I've, ne- I've never met either of them, and um, yeah, so you don't even know, even, you don't even know if he's like a normal person in real life. No, I think my, my, my take is that Aaron is very, very equipped at being the person that he needs to be, you know what right. I mean? Like, right, I think right. he has that insane, uh, a underbelly, like we all kind of do, right? Um, but he's very good at playing the game if he needs to play the <laughs> game. Uh, like, I mean, he'll tell you, I think in the first, in his first solo episode, he was like, you know, I was, I was more than happy to play the game in the Navy to, to, to do well and be well respected, but, uh, but it just wasn't who I was, and you know, you know, all this. So, I think. <laughs> You know, I, a lot of a lot of us are kind of like that. I think <laughs> when when he when he does his whole spiel explaining his whole like outlook, um, it's very very eloquently said. Honestly, I thought it was beautiful, and he ends it with like "Welcome aboard, faggots." I was like, "Welcome <laughs> to Boys Town, faggots." <laughs> yeah, that's what I he loved says. it. I loved it. I've listened to I've listened to his monologue like three or four times. The funny thing is, he like was texting me and Bird the the, the entire time, like being nervous about doing this whole solo episode. And Bird was like, "You know, dude, a solo episode is kind of tough because you got like, as, particularly if you're covering a topic, if you're not just like um, shooting the shit." Bro, and, tell me uh, about it. I oh, half yeah. half my episodes are solos. It's brutal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and uh, and so he, you know, he was he was he was very nervous about it, and he was like, I. I got the impression that he wasn't terribly satisfied with the monologue before, you know, the, his intro before he brought Burton and, and pause. I was like, dude, that's like one of the best things I've ever heard. It was really, really great. Absolutely. And, uh, uh, that was welcome to welcome to boys. Town. <laughs> <laughs> like... It was, but it was just such a perfect encapsulation of who he is like this really yes. deep thinking, passionate, brutal person who also has a capacity for like really you know, just raw bomb dropping. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm, and I was yeah. like, this is perfect. This is, it was just, yeah. it was so perfect. I, I, I hope you can convey that to him. If not, I'll, I'll fucking DM him and let him know, but it was tremendous. And, and I do, as someone who does a lot of solo shows, um, it's very hard to do it. And it's very hard to like have it come across organically in a way that's, uh, mm-hmm. that still matches your actual passion and everything else. I would love to know if he wrote it because it, it was so, it was so well put together. It almost felt written but I couldn't tell. So anyways, I'll, I'll talk to him I, about that. I don't, I don't think he did. I think he, we were talking about that before recording um, an episode recently where he, he said he, that it was more, I think he may have had an outline, but I think it was pretty shoot from the hip, which wow. I was e- even more blown away by, but maybe confirm that with him. Yeah, no, that's, that's amazing. If so. Um, so 
how other than word of mouth, you guys have never marketed, you've never ran ads. Do you have any other social media outlets other than Twitter that I'm not aware of? Uh, no, no, I don't think so. No, Dude, that's uh, incredible. So your yeah, show, yeah, your no. show is basically exclusively word of mouth. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, that's pretty much it. Uh, I mean, and us going on other podcasts and stuff like that. Of course, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we, what happened was we. Uh, I don't know if you remember Anarchy Ball on Twitter. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So he got a bunch of people into a group DM. This was you know three years, three and a half years ago at this point, and that's where I met Bird and Aaron. And so eventually it got to the point in that DM where we were like, we should start a podcast. And like, it went through a couple renditions of like how we were going to do it. But eventually bird and I kind of said, okay, it's going to be you and me. We're going to do this thing. But we already had a, a, an audience. We had the 50 people that were in that DM group uh, and then you. whoever they told. So, I mean, we started, we, we definitely got a kickstart. Um, and then more importantly, that got us a kickstart for guests because that's like largely what our show is. It's just bringing on insane people from the internet <laughs> and then like having a good time. Exactly. <laughs> so, so, so we, you know, that's, that really started the ball rolling. So he, he got us, he got us started there and then, yeah, it, we just kind of stuck with it and just kept doing it because we genuinely, genuinely enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and so it was never, it wasn't that we were ever we wanted to grow obviously because we wanted to more a more listeners, but be more people that we could bring on like more insane people that we could bring on for exactly. more topics and stuff like that. But, uh, but yeah, it was, yeah, it's, it's been entirely word of mouth. I think that's, unless I'm that's amazing looking anything, but yeah, yeah, I mean that that's the main reason for me too. It's like, uh, I'm already, I'm, I'm nearing retirement, honestly. So like, uh, this yeah. is, this is exclusively a, a passion project that mm -hmm. has nothing yep. to do with financial gain. And, uh, but I want to, obviously, if I'm going to spend the time on it, I would love to have people that listen, but then also the bigger I get, the bigger guests I can have. And like, I had Pete Quinones on last week. I have you now. It's like yeah. all, mm -hmm. all these people that probably, you know, no disrespect to the smaller shows out there. You guys will get there eventually too. But, um, until you have a reasonably sized audience, people are just like, I'm not going to take the time. I'm sorry. You know? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So it's yeah, just, yeah. it's just badass to, to be at a, you know, even a marginally large level where in, in our little niche community where I can have some of the bigger names on so that we can, uh, I can hash it out because truthfully, it's just fun to talk to you guys. Like, it's not even, this isn't a job. It's fucking great. Like I just get to it talk is. to it people is. that I, that I see eye to eye with and, and uh, you know, appreciate, admire, whatever term you want to put to it. And it's just, it's just a good time. So I think that's it's what good. To, it's good show. to feel it's it's good to feel sane. You know, it's good to, that to talk to that people that, that make you feel sane. Well, <laughs> you know? or or in Aaron's case, people that make me feel like uh <laughs> way more sane than than you should. Way more sane than you should. <laughs> I'm like like anytime I feel radical, and then I had when I had Pete on, good lord, he was so black pilled. I was just like I was like, fuck, I, am I an optimist? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, oh, and, and I should, I should say that uh, what that organic growth, Pete gave it, helped, helped us out a lot along oh, the way because yeah. he gave us a platform way before he should have. And yeah, uh, oh, and I know it's, it's been, it's been amazing that he's had you guys on so many times. I, I'm thrilled, yeah. thrilled that it's been uh, so beneficial to you guys because I really think that um, there's a, a level to libertarianism that can be so lone wolf and so mm -hmm. non communal that it's really important that people realize that, like, yeah, we're all weirdos, but we can still be friends. You know, like we can yes. still have a community yeah. amongst the weirdos. Yeah. And, and I think that that's been the coolest thing for me about my Twitter experience. And now with my show is that I get to feel as if I'm not alone in this. And, and it's very easy to feel alone when you have people, especially mm -hmm. when I'm fucking living in San Diego, where everyone's looking at me like a psychopath. Cause I don't have a mask yeah. while I'm walking by while I'm jogging down the street. You're like, 
fuck, I need some people right, right, out there right. that understand what I'm going through. So um, beach volleyball and then, uh, you know, podcasting and Twitter has really made me feel uh, as if I can survive all of this madness. So it's it's been a value. And I think that your show has been a, a really good example of like the community that we could have. And I I think that the, the live show idea, especially if you could do it at something like Childerberg or, or wherever, would yeah. be an amazing outlet. So I hope you pursue that. Oh, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, no, that's, and that was, that was also part of our goal too, because like at times uh, Liberty Twitter had been, had gotten a little bit toxic and a little bit, I don't want to say boring, but like people just discussing the same, hashing out the same old like tired battles over and over and over again. Oh, for sure. And we were like, you know what, like, and, and I feel like, like between like us and Pete and you and, and, and biting the bullet and, and a bunch of these shows that are coming up where it's like hey we don't need to spend our time arguing about like what the definition of capitalism is like that's just a, <laughs> that's just not like a terribly good use of our time you know what is a good use of our time investigating bigfoot that's a really good use of our time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well like just until, lightening the mood a little bit yeah no for sure and uh, honestly like up until 2019 uh, the tyranny was pretty pretty minor comparatively so like mm, yeah I, I feel like it 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 definitely reinvigorated the movement. It it definitely separated the wheat from the chaff, so to speak, when it came to like who actually values freedom, like who actually wants to fight against this yeah. shit. Cause um I, I think that's why I mean my I didn't even have like any followers until 2020. And then like the lockdowns happened. I start my yeah. show. I started my show in fucking April, dude. So like Well, yeah, you've been hitting the bricks, man. I mean, you've been getting you've been you've been you I'm, you took I'm, off. I'm getting after it. Um, but it's true. I mean, it, because, and, and I wouldn't have had that much, just, I wouldn't have had that much anger in me, you know, but then mm -hmm. there's this, like, there's this zeitgeist of anger about the lockdowns and shit. And I was like, all right, my show's called Liberty Lockdown. Here's what I have to say. And you know, yeah, sure. Sure enough, there was an audience for it. So, um, yeah. it's just cool. It's just cool that it's kind of all happening organically. Um, but anyways, I, I wanted to get a little bit more serious with you. What What sure. is your, uh, I'll, I'll just lay out my prediction first and you can tell me if you disagree. I hope you do because it'll make me feel a lot better. Um, my personal belief uh, as a real estate investor for the past 20 years and and mortgage broker, uh, I believe that as soon as the evictions and and foreclosure moratoriums are lifted, we're, and particularly if they don't you know, just go full on MMT, um, we're going to have a very severe depression. I think that they will likely go MMT because they know that they cannot not do it. Um, what is your prediction as to what we see, you know, once that happens and, and moving forward, if you had to guess, man, yeah, that's a, that's a really good question, dude. Um, I, I, and I don't know, because the thing is that there's, there's a number of different directions that they could try to take it. Uh, and I just don't know which one they will. I, th I think it's obvious that I, th I think it's obvious that they are looking at printing their way out of it. I think that's obvious, although maybe it's not. I, I think that's that, or at least maybe I don't want to say I think that's obvious. I, I think that's where I, my chips are right. Well, now. Let, let me, let me add to your, assumption there. I, I don't think that they have another option. I mean, well, yeah. what is, what is the option? You're going to have, you're going to have people fucking burn everything down. Cause like if they don't, right. if they don't just start, you know, putting funny money into people's banks, I really think yeah. you'll have, you'll have full on so, riots. Okay. So let, let's walk through it together then, because I'm not sure exactly where I stand and you probably have a far better perspective from that angle than I do. Um, you know, I'm a homeowner and I have a rental, but I haven't been in the business for 20 years and I haven't been through a cycle like you have. So, right. um, uh, I, I think that 
Um, I, I think that you, you, you're at a point where you have, uh, you have dissolved so much social and political capital that you cannot, there is no option, but to give people the money to pay their mortgages and pay their rents if, if necessary, okay. um, in some way, shape or form. I, I, I don't see another option. I think you, I think you just have outright riots at that point. If, if yeah. you don't. Yeah. Um, I, especially if you, if you allow, I mean, there's 13 million, there's more defaulted mortgages that, than there were at the height of the 0809 collapse. Um, that's crazy. It's crazy how insulated we feel compared to, compared to then. I mean, I, I was just coming into the workforce at that time and it was bleak. And now it's just like, I don't know, my life hasn't, other than just the lockdown stuff, uh, my life really hasn't changed a whole lot. Yeah. Uh, well, it's just, it's just cause the moratoriums, dude, I'm telling you, like yeah. as a mortgage lender who has some defaulted borrowers that I cannot foreclose on, the only yeah. reason I'm not taking their fucking houses right now is because of that. And it's like, not that yeah. I want to like kick people out right, of their right. homes, but if you but can't pay, I lent you the money. Yeah. I need it back. Um, yeah. So right. it's, it's, it's really grim. And I don't think people, uh, because I have, you know, literally my hand on the pulse of the real estate market as I've brokered mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well over a hundred million dollars in, in private money lending. Um, against real estate across the country, I know, you know, exactly how, how bad it is and, and people just don't get it. It's, I feel, I feel like I, I did when I, when it was 06, 07, when I had all my, all my friends talking to me about buying their first home and and I was just begging them not to, I was begging them not to. And I feel the same way today. And sure enough, again, no matter my experience, no matter my financial success, no matter my wealth, no matter my experience, nothing. It doesn't matter. No one will listen to me. They're all going out and buying their first homes again. It's fucking mm. crazy, bro. Like people just yeah. don't, they don't learn. It's amazing. I know, man. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. But it, so basically where, what it comes down to is somebody's going to get pinched and you're just like, okay, well, who exactly and traditionally the shit flows downhill. Right. But I just don't, I want, I just wonder, um, it, if they have the capital to let the shit flow downhill because those, the, the people downhill are so pissed off and with literally nothing to lose. Right. Um, I mean, you, you know, you remember you had Occupy after 08, 09, mm-hmm. and that was pretty disruptive. I mean, it, it wasn't, it, you know, it wasn't hugely, uh, it didn't, I don't think alter the course of, uh, of, of history all that much, no. but at the same time, imagine if those people now really had nothing to lose. Yeah. Um, imagine well, and, if and the keep- people in Zuc- Keep in mind how much more radicalized they are too. I mean, oh B- the BLM, the rioting is totally oh acceptable God. now. Like it could get yep. very bad. Very bad. Very, very bad. And I think they know that. And and yep. I think that it's a little bit of a rock and a hard place all up and down the spectrum. Um, so I think rather than pinching anybody, it could be one of those things where they just print mortgage payments or print. I don't know exactly what it looks like, but uh, but but more or less the printer is going and mortgages are getting paid and rents are getting paid and the dollars devaluing. I mean, I, I don't know if they have an, a, an, a, an out that looks more tempting than no. basically just kicking off hyperinflation. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, there's no way in fucking hell, there's no political will whatsoever to, to have austerity. So, no. <laughs> so, I mean, no. it's just a matter of scale. It's like, are you going to money print burr? Or are you going to money print burr forever? Well, I you know? wonder, I, I, don't know. I mean, I wonder at this point, I wonder if there, there's probably political capital for a, for a UBI, for a 2003, you know, $2,000 a month UBI. And that I, I kind think, of, that I allows them totally to, to, yeah. And, and for, and, and if I'm being completely honest with you, I'm all for it. Um, I think that that's a great way to off ramp out of the legacy system and on ramp into the new system. Yeah, no, um, I've and, I've actually and, I've actually appreciated that 
that uh, note you've had a few times on your show it, because I am, you know, my, my nature is to be just super fiscally conservative, but I completely mm-hmm. get the argument is of like, well, if, if the economy, if the, basically if the, if the U S dollar system is going, going to collapse, why not get as much of it out and, and benefit ourselves as much as possible mm-hmm. before it mm-hmm. happens. So yeah, I get the logic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, and, and now that's going to screw some people, but people are going to get screwed. Exactly. The, 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 and it's just, what are you going to do? I mean, yeah. I, you know, it's, it's not something that we set up and, and I don't feel that we need to take responsibility for it. I'm not going to go out there and vote for UBI. It's going to happen without me or with me. And, and, right. uh, and, and so you just arrange your life in such a way that, that, um, you, you know, stand to benefit the most, I guess. I, right. but I, I think that's probably what it looks like. I think you're going to see stipends for rent or, or stipends for mortgage, UBI, that sort of thing. Because the, um, the alternative, wait. the alternative is that you don't, I mean, you either have this incredible foreclosure glut where you just have all yeah. of these foreclosed mm-hmm. properties hit the market, which depresses things, yeah. which puts the banks back into the same position they were where it's like too big to fail. So you can essentially help the people. Well, this is, this is the interesting comparison. And in 08, they didn't help the people. They helped the banks right. though. So yeah. will they do that again? Will they allow the people to be foreclosed, but bail out the banks? Because if they do that, man, yeah, we're going to have a Marxist re- revolution for real. Oh, dude, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that uh, not the um, good kind of Marxist revolution. And I say good from their perspective, the one that <laughs> right. they can control it. I think that goes kinetic and, they, and it has so many variables that, uh, you know, I don't think that they're looking at it and saying, yes, I can control this Marxist revolution in the way that I want to. If we literally have, you know, uh, 20% of the country kicked out of their homes tomorrow. I, I just, I, but maybe I'm wrong. I, you know, who knows? Right. No, it, it is hard to say. Um, shit, my, what the hell's going on with my computer? Anyways. Um, so do you think that, uh, obviously the, the, you know, left-leaning politicians have began, began to relent on the, uh, the lockdowns like so brazenly, they don't even give a shit. It's yeah. like, oh yeah, Trump's out. Okay. Well now we can let, yeah. we can let these peons have their Crazy. freedom back. Do you think that they're going to continue on this path? Like, cause my, my fear was that with Biden coming in, he was promising a hundred day mask mandate and all this other shit. Um, yeah. Do you think that they're that they're sensing that this country is so imperiled that they can't actually continue to enslave us, or or what's your view I, on it? My, my view, and I'll offer it up as I as I do without knowing that I'm right and and willing to take any any pointers along the way. I think that. Um, I think that, and this is something that I was talking about really early on with, I think Eric, uh, on his show, Anarchist Garage, like in March or April, um, I think that you're, what we're seeing is that the, they, that we're talking about is way more splintered than we, than we think. And I think that as Biden comes in, um, he probably, he and his advisors probably realize we can't continue to do this because it's now on our plate. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we can't, we, we just can't continue to do this and people are going to be more and more upset and more and more upset. Um, and then the state governors, I mean, you have what Newsom was ended your, your stay at home, which I didn't even know you guys still had a stay at home order, which is fucking insane. It's so brutal, man. <laughs> I had no idea that any state still had a stay at home order at this point in the, in the game. I guess I've been just sheltered being out here, being down here in Texas, but well, um, well, they, they, they relinquished a, a bit of their power, 
for a few months and then like december 3rd they put us back under severe lockdown oh, while, while they oh, were wow. while the big debate over the election outcome was being hatched right. out oh, they're like okay sure, we're gonna sure. we're gonna sure. make people as much and put them in as much pain as possible so that they'll fucking uh-huh. accept biden being the president is it's the vibe i got i don't know i mean yeah yeah who knows well in any case um yeah i uh you, you see, and then you saw Cuomo, or I think it was Cuomo coming out saying, "Hey, we can't just be closed forever." Yeah. You know, and I think that you're seeing these states that are under a tremendous amount of pressure because their treasuries are looking, their coffers are starting to look a little bit, uh, a little bit light, uh, as they uh, should, lighter than they have. Yeah, and and so you you have people. The closer you are to where the rubber meets the road, the more inclined you are you're going to be to buck the 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 trend. Mm-hmm. And um and but I think that you have this health um uh like big health has right. has has seen their time to shine and you see these people like fauci obviously loves the attention and and burks loves the attention and and, and i think that you you see them they don't want to give this up they, they they're in front of the camera every day asking their opinions about every aspect of of american life and their and their projections going forward right. i don't think they want to give it up well, and they already have so much momentum built up through the media through these scare campaigns that they're clinging to everything they have and i think that now you have this situation situation where it very well could be that there's this health like health nucleus for lack of a better word in the federal government that's trying to rise to more power and then you have the traditional establishment around biden that's like oh no we have to go back to just kind of governing the country (laughs) and then you have all of these uh very very um uh uh, like stretched thin state governments that are, you know, and how that all plays out is, uh, is going to be really interesting to watch. It's fascinating. Yeah. They, I mean, uh, not, not just Fauci, but you have obviously Bill Gates is now interviewed constantly to talk about this stuff. And, and uh, as well as big pharma, I don't think people understand how much money is to be made if they are able to, you know, continue to fear monger to the point that, 250 million plus a couple billion globally get vaccinated. Like I know people always scoff at like, Oh yeah, I'm sure they'd take your freedom away for a little bit of money. It's like, bro, it ain't a little bit like, right. It's it's a, a it's a lot of money to a few people. And, and, and that's those, those few people control the politicians politically through lobbying and whatnot. And, and probably backdoor payments. I would imagine that Mm -hmm. it's like, this this is very it's a very serious fight and it's like you do have the reality on the ground of the state budgets being on the verge of an implosion you have Gavin Newsom on the verge of a recall even though our budget by some miracle miracle of god is not completely in the red um mm-hmm. it's it's just like i i don't know what i don't know what force wins out like do, does their own self interest politically win out over their uh you know desire for financial gain like i or do do those go hand in hand it's it's a it's a very tough calculation to make so it's going to be interesting to see what direction the politicians go but i will say this you saw lightfoot whitmer cuomo newsom a handful of others that were big time advocates for the like the most ferocious of lockdowns all come out in the past week and be like yo we got to open the restaurants like right now yep (laughs) (laughs) like like yesterday yeah (laughs) we gotta open them yesterday but but had you asked them a week prior they would have been like that's laughable i wouldn't even consider opening restaurants you want people to die it's just it's so infuriating i i think that's uh, at this point and, and going into the show, I was like, normally I come with a lot of passion and fire. And I, I was just like, mm-hmm. I was so worn out by the hypocrisy of it all. It's like, 
yeah. can't even bring my I, I think I'm, I'm feeling like car camping today I, I can't even bring myself to care I'm just like hey just give me a joint like <laughs> just <laughs> just <laughs> now now I understand the just better <laughs> dude yeah I mean it was born of the lockdown man <laughs> yeah, true that true that well uh one more one more serious question for you and we'll get out of here um yeah. have you been following this GameStop shit Dude, yes. And unfortunately, <laughs> I just did a whole spiel on it on our show that we recorded like uh like uh five like I finished up oh, right okay, before okay, okay. I hit you up. But I mean, yes, I'm I'm down to talk about it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's uh it it's 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 the best. <laughs> it's it's amazing. It, it it is it is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. For those for those that are listening that don't know, uh essentially there's there's a a short squeeze. Um, so it's basically multiple billionaires fighting to short GameStop with a bunch of like Redditors and, you know, these kids on, uh, what's, what's it called? What's the, uh, cash app basically like buying. Yeah. Yeah. Robin hood. Robin hood. Yeah. Buy, buying fucking GameStop, uh, call, call options. And, and it's just this battle to the death and the stock is up. I think it's like 150% in a day or something. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, dude. It went, well, it went from, so he, I'll, I'll actually, if I still have this tab uh, pulled up, I, I'll, I'll give a plug because I saw someone on Reddit do a, a whole right. Damn it. I closed out of it. Okay. Um, no, no worries. I do a whole write up, but I did a whole write up going back to like a year and a half ago or a year ago um, of, of all of the events that started to lay into place. But yeah, it went from like, like $5 up to 150 or something, <laughs> or to, I think it was at 20, it was resting at 20 or something like that went up to 100 and it's still going. <laughs> It's, it's still a, going. It's up like, like 70 bucks after hours today. Uh, did you see that? It's like in the 200s. <laughs> that's like a, that's like a 50 bagger, dude. That's that's totally most, nutty. That's the most ridiculous thing. Well, anyways, the, the reason I want to talk to you about it is not because it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And I'm stoked about it because billionaires are getting their shirts ripped off of them by kid investors that are out of their minds. Yeah. Um, it's because it actually, to me, really, really harkens back to my feeling about both the the dot com and I know you you may be too young for that one, but uh, certainly mm -hmm. for the 0809 collapse, you remember uh, it. You saw really bizarre things like this right before the fall, and and I wanted to ask you first off, do you get that vibe as well? And secondarily, do you think there's the potential that, regardless of how strongly you and I both feel about cryptocurrencies, do you think that there's the potential that it it will also see a major implosion when the the uh, more more global or at least national economic implosion comes. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess the first part, yeah, I clearly, I mean, clearly markets are not acting as they otherwise would. I mean, there, there's all sorts of weird shit going on. Um, and it just, you know, I, and this is something that uh, I talk about with Jacob every now and then when we have lunch, we just like look at each other and shake our heads because it's <laughs> like, I, I, I you know, I would have thought that we would have been here five years ago and yet here we are. And then, and if you had told me in uh, April after seeing this, the stock market tank 20% um, and, and knowing that you're going to be under a lockdown, if you told me that we were going to be under a lockdown and 20% of small businesses were going to close and the stock markets were still making record highs and my life had, was largely unchanged and the dollar hadn't really, you know, the assets hadn't really approved, like, like inflated all that much. I would have thought you were nutty. So I don't know. I'm just kind of done making projections in terms of that's fair. Um, yeah, that's fair. So I, just, I don't, I, it's, it's just, it's just too insane. Um, I don't think, I, I think that you'll see that Bitcoin is, is not a correlated asset. And I think you're going to see that pretty starkly, um, probably fairly soon. 
um, because well, the, it, the, it, the only reason I ask is because, well, obviously Bitcoin didn't exist for the 08 collapse, but right. what about, what about, um, you know, when the, the March lockdowns were announced and, and the stock market was clobbered, Bitcoin went down to 6,000. So how, how would you say it's mm -hmm. not correlated? Well, I, it, it, to some degree is correlated now. Um, uh, there's, there's some, I mean, you, you can see some correlation, but a lot of that is because, I mean, frankly, the stock market has gone up since January 3rd of 2009. Um, right. and so Bitcoin has gone up since January, 2009. I think that you'll see, you'll probably see a break in that correlation. Okay. Or, well, or it may well, not I be hope a break so. in <laughs> Yeah, yeah, me too. I, it may not be a breaking correlation because if if the dollar does go into hyperinflation, obviously the stock market will go through the roof too. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that you'll see an inflection point where where people are really uh, fleeing to what will be a safe haven asset. So I'm, I mean, you'll one thing that you you did see, um, you know, gold uh, uh, certainly rocketed after the after the uh, 2008 2000. Didn't and that when it went from like 900 to 1800 or 2000. Yep. Yep, it and 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 so that 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 broke correlation with the stock market during that that crash. Um, you know, go, the so gold that could happen, uh, again, but with Bitcoin. This well, time. I I think so, and and particularly if it's big enough to have the um to have the backing. So I look I look at a couple things. One is I for the maturity of that asset. One is market cap. And you know we're at about six, six or seven hundred billion right now, which is is still fairly small. It's a guppy in the pond. Sure. Um, but but gold is ten trillion. That's not terribly far off. Um, you know, I think gold is eight to ten trillion somewhere around there. Right. It, it's not terribly far far off, considering if you look at Bitcoin's history, we're at the beginning of what would be if it follows history another real big bull cycle. And you know, if it if it gets up into that gold area, and can you imagine it with all the advantages that it brings over gold, um, uh, uh, how it will be perceived um, sure. by people with money? If so it, it could, it could it. go, uh, I just did the math on it. So that would be a four, $450,000 price target yeah, for about Bitcoin. Half a million. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But even if it gets in the range, um, I think that you're going to see, I mean, it would, it, it would be over silver, I, I think clearly. Um, and if it gets in the range of gold, you have people saying, okay, this is a mature asset. It is, it literally has the same market cap as gold and it doesn't inflate gold right. does. Yeah. Um, and you'd, you'd see not... the big, the big boys would have to get involved. I mean, they'd and, probably and... get involved at 50, 60,000 and then just well, run it all the way we're, up. We're already seeing it. I think one of the most bullish events that, that nobody really talked about, not in depth, you know, Michael Saylor and MicroStrategy have been stealing all the headlines when it comes to Bitcoin. But I think something that was far more bullish that happened, and that was the match, mass mutual investment. Um, they, they took, uh, I think they bought $100 million wow. of Bitcoin, $100 million worth of Bitcoin, which for them is, is, is a drop in the bucket. But having a life insurance company that's been around since the 1850s, buy a hundred million dollars worth of Bitcoin or whatever it ended up being is crazy. Well, that's These a really big deal. Like, that's a really big deal because they underwrite risk. So like, yes, they, they they're, the, their entire job yes, is to, to look at the entire this, job. Yeah. You're, you're talking about a company that survived the civil fucking war and their job <laughs> was to insure against death. Right. Like, the, the, that's how, that's how conservative and, and cautious and, and, and um, acute these guys are. That's and interesting. They I had, are, I hadn't even heard about that one. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I, nobody talked about it. I don't know why I was freaking out for a day about it. I was like, this is insane. And I figured I let it go. Cause I was like, all right, the big boys will take care of this. Nobody's talking about it. Yeah. Um, when you see life insurance companies that have been around that are the, that are largely the mainstays of big American life, like the wealthier American life, um, taking money off of their balance sheet in cash and putting it in Bitcoin. That's crazy. That no, is an absolutely that, crazy move. That's and very I think that meaningful. that is the sort of thing. Yeah. And I, and, and I think that when you start to, when, when that market cap starts to, to inch up and inch up and inch up and start to encroach in gold territory, you really got to wonder what these life insurance and the companies are going to do. And they swing a big fucking bat. I don't have to tell you that. No, no, they have probably trillions that they could deploy if yes. they wanted to. So um, yes. Yeah, that that alone would would shift the market in a way that I don't think anyone's prepared for, except for maybe you. Uh, can I ask what what year did you get involved with Bitcoin? Uh, to the I 2015. Okay, so you're you're a, an early adopter, but later than the the true aggro crazy yeah. guys. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, yep, yep. Uh, let me let me ask you because I've had a lot of people on my show um, to talk about cryptocurrency because I'm an old school, you know, hard money lender and I, I still struggle to wrap my head around it even though I have now dipped my toes in and I plan to uh, go aggressively in once I, what I believe will happen is that we'll see an economic correction regardless of what whatever they do with the money printer. Uh, I think that we're going to have a deflationary collapse because the economy is fucked. And I don't think you can just have the economy be fucked and have the stock market continue to go to all-time highs forever without mm -hmm. you know, there being some sort of correction where one goes close to the other. And I don't think the economy is going to get better faster. So I think that it's going to be the assets that, that drop. And I think that you will see a correlated drop um, in, in cryptocurrency space. In, and at that point, I will hopefully have sold all my houses and then be sitting on cash and then be able to transfer into cryptocurrency. So that, that's my whole backstory on this. But uh, what I wanted to ask you is, what is it about Bitcoin that makes it to you so head and shoulders above all other options as there are, you know, some other limited, limited quantity cryptocurrencies out there that are, have relatively wide adoption? What, what is it about Bitcoin that, that makes it worth, you know, 30x, 40x of its closest competitors? Um, it's assured utility. Uh, anything else can be attacked very easily. So if you like the product, that's great. But if it's doing anything important, it'll be attacked. So what, why is, is very, it very difficult to, to attack? Why, why is it that that the others can be attacked and, and Bitcoin cannot? So the uh, the thing that guards it is is the proof of work algorithm um, or the proof of work scheme. Uh, so really, to there there you know there are a number of ways that you could execute an attack on the network, but the one that is of most concern, particularly early on for cryptocurrencies that use this proof of work, um, is a mining, a 51% attack through mining. Right. Um, and uh, now, uh, Bitcoin, with uh, you know being the first, the the first cryptocurrency, um, uh, has so much mining power behind it, and very very specific computers uh, that mine it. It would be it's getting to the point where I can confidently say that it would be near on impossible even for a state actor to if to execute an attack on the Bitcoin network. Yeah, no, um, no, actually, I, I got that. Uh, you talked about it on biting the bullet. Uh, I was I was more more so asking, what is it about its competitors that makes them open to attack? Oh, they just don't have the mining power at all. Oh, really? Not so close. so it's not even not even a fraction close? No. Oh, interesting. No, I, I 
yeah, no, you you could. I mean, you can go look up the hash rates of um, comp- uh, competing miners. You 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 could get you could get um, you could execute an attack on just about any other proof of work currency um, with you know you could organize it like gamestop on that you know a, a, oh, on, on a reddit you. group it would be it would be incredibly easy for even hobbyists to execute an attack on most um existing cryptocurrencies there may be a there may be one or two that you would need to you know a little bit more than hobbyists but yeah no they're 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 completely so vulnerable so is your is your thesis then that that all other upstart cryptocurrencies will never get to the point of um you know basically being Ironclad, you know, where yes. they can't they can't be attacked. Yep. So you yeah, think so that. you're so you're a Bitcoin maximalist. You think that it's the only it's the only one that'll survive and be meaning meaningful. If any, yeah. It, it's the it's the one with the best shot. Fascinating. Okay. Well that, that answers my question. I, I uh you know, as as an old school money guy that's that's used to, you know, I'm very I'm very educated when it comes to investing and, and economics, but I because it goes into the computer programming realm. That's not my forte and that's where I get mm-hmm. lost. So uh, mm-hmm. I appreciate the input on it because it's, uh, I, I've I've actually DM'd you in the past about getting a wallet and all this shit. So, you know, yeah. you know oh, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. a very late I, adopter. Know, I'm, always to, I'm, I'm always happy to help too, man. I, 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 I am stoked about it. And I, I, I think I put that, I, I put a um, note out on, I've been telling everybody on my show to hit me up in the DMs and I've had like 30 or 40 people hit me Hell up in yeah. the DMs and I've, you know, and like, that makes me, that makes me happy. So uh, I'm always happy to help, dude. I'll fucking hop on a video chat with you and talk you through anything <laughs> for as long as you want, man. Uh, that's, uh, that's killer. It's, it's, so, uh, but yeah, I, I think that there is there, if, if anything has a shot uh, at doing what we want to do, that is, that okay. is remove money from state it's Bitcoin because as soon as anything gets important enough um, that it's doing any actual visible damage to a state, um, you better, you know, come at the king, you best not miss. And, and mm-hmm. the, any, any of these other cryptocurrencies, no matter what, uh, what features they, they um, uh, market, they, if they were to ever do anything important, they would be immediately ransacked. Wow. That, that is a really interesting argument. I, so can I ask, do you not own any other cryptocurrencies? No, none. Wow. So you are truly a maximalist. Uh, do you have any, I, uh, do you have any other friends that uh, that are believers in the the small fish out there? Um, yeah, I mean, the, yeah, there there are so, certainly some I mean for sure. Uh, but um, and there are some in the in our like liberty in groups and stuff like that, but I right. I don't I I don't see how you know, I, I think I've stated it fairly plainly. I, I think I no, don't see yeah, any yeah. other other currency that, if it were to do anything important, um, could survive. Wow! And uh, and and Bitcoin, being the first mover, was able to fly under the radar just long enough to get to the point. I, I think that that really the 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 inflection point for Bitcoin was when um, ASICs came around in 2013, the application specific integrated circuits. And those are the very specialized computers that mine Bitcoin specifically. So when Bitcoin first came out. It was mined by CPUs. Um, it was mined by by just uh, uh, processors in your computer, and everybody that was that ran the Bitcoin network basically also mined just using their computer chip. And then in 2011, I think um, people realized that you could use the GPUs, so the graphics processors, to do it more efficiently. Gotcha. And so there was a huge run on graphics processors, and it pissed off a lot of gamers <laughs> because, <laughs> because like the jack price, the price. price shot up, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So, um, and if you go back and you look at like Nvidia's uh, stock price, you'll see when when people started to realize, you know, the the um, the uh, abilities of the GPUs, and particularly when Bitcoin started to rise in price, you know, it really drove demand there. Wow. Um, and then in 2013. Uh, they started to literally create specialized computers called ASICs that mine the SHA-256 uh, 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 encryption algorithm. And uh, and at that point, because at that point, um, you not only do you have to have the energy, which you can go calculate the the um, the energy required to match the Bitcoin, the current Bitcoin networks mining energy, um, you have to have those specialized computers. And there's only so many. And all of them are owned by Bitcoiners. Wow. Uh, so you would have to go and get a bunch of ASICs to match the power. Then you would have to, um, then you would have to power those ASICs, which at this point, the Bitcoin network uses more power than the, than the country of Switzerland. Okay. Um, it uses more than like, uh, I think the Midwest. Uh, and you know, that's, that's obviously increasing it at, at a good, a good clip. Um, and you would have to do that all in a static environment on paper, because in a dynamic environment, everybody who's invested in Bitcoin, that's $700 billion worth, um, which again is not huge, huge, but that's a fair amount of money. Those people are going to try and defend that. Right. So you're going to have to do it in a dynamic environment. Um, and you're going to have to be responsible to the citizens because you just cut power to a third of your country to fire up ASICs to defend your uh, fiat currency, and they're <laughs> going to be pissed off. So it's like it's wow. it starts to get a it start the game theory starts to get whereas to attack most and I haven't looked care about any of the other you, just, you know it's just noise other cryptocurrencies are just noise I don't I don't I don't even care about them anymore but if you looked at the hashing power. Um, uh, and you can go look it up on, I think, um, nice hash is, is a website that, that, uh, logs all the hashing power, uh, of, of various popular cryptocurrencies and okay. go look at it compared to Bitcoin. It's, it's fr fractions, fractions and fractions and fractions. Wow, wow, wow. And, and to the point where you could, you know, it, it's again, a lot of them could just be toppled by hobbyists. Interesting. So that, this is a really stupid, ignorant question, but, um, if, if there were to be, you know, like the Stuxnet attack, if there were to be a, a, a worm virus of some sort that was be, to be utilized against, you know, a, a good enough portion of all those computers that are mining currently, is that is that a possibility or or is there so much money involved that these people have protected their computers so you know deeply that it's pretty much impossible? Well, I, I don't, you know, there's always, there's, I mean, there's a million people out there thinking about ways to attack it. I can guarantee it. Exactly. Um, and there are, there are ways to attack it that I, that, you know, I don't even know, um, or, or ha don't even know the concept of, right. um, but what, what, um, these, I guess, I guess you could attack the firmware of certain miners, but again, so the, 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 the way to, to combat these attacks is, and I know it's a buzzword, but it's very important is decentralization. So it is kind of nice to have all of these different companies that are producing miners. And it has become at times, um, for instance, right when the ASICs came online, it was one company um, that was, that was producing the miners. And yeah, if you could get a worm in the firmware, I guess you could go, um, you could knock off a significant chunk of the mining power. But mm -hmm. at this point, there's more and more different companies coming online, producing miners. There's also at this point, miners um uh from different eras still mining because they're they're profitable now again um so you your attacks are you would have to go attack pretty um like a lot of different mining firmwares right uh to, to so do it'd be, it and it'd then be again, extremely complicated 
it, it would be extremely complicated. Not to say impossible. Like we're we're still in the land of like, uh, I mean, I think we're exiting the land, but um, we're still in the land where where I think something you know it 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 is feasible yeah. if enough if enough cards fell perfectly. I think it, it could be feasible. But again, even then, if you were if you were able to do that, um, you can only attack it for as long as you can power it. Um, as soon as you cease to cease to uh, be firing up those those attacking miners, then we just go back to normal. So mm -hmm. probably what you would see is people just ceasing to transact on the network for a little while or, or cutting way back. Um, then you would have a fork would, or whatever it's called. Well, you wouldn't have a fork. You you would just um, you would have friendly miners back back in charge or so. You know, it's okay. it, it's it would the software would never change. Like the consensus rules would never change. No, I just meant um, for like the whatever fraud occurred in the meantime um because i that, i think that's i think that's how they handle it that one time where they ended up having a fork i i don't know I, obviously i'm fairly novice on all this stuff so don't, don't mind me no 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 yeah no, no. it's a, an interesting question no i if, if you uh no if they got if they got legitimately so what what you would probably see if someone tried to attack it would be you would try to mine empty blocks mm. um and that would block all transactions from having happening happening so um so if the if like let's just say you know the government the U.S. government came in and wanted to attack the Bitcoin network, that would be one way is to just harness a bunch of mining power and then mine empty blocks, and nobody could ever confirm any transactions, and you would just wow. disrupt all ac economic activity on there. But again, you can only do that for as long as you're willing to fire fire up your miners. Okay. Um, okay. So, so it's, I think so, it's a temporary so problem. It would, yeah. I mean, it would, as long as they're willing to, uh, to to fire them up. But but what would happen is you would have those empty blocks that are mined in, and they would have to because everybody is running their own fully validating node. Um, they would have to adhere to the consensus rules of the network for those blocks to be accepted. Mm -hmm. So they kind of almost have to play by our rules. So they would mine empty blocks, and my node would accept that empty block because they would have to they would have to adhere to the consensus rules for my node to see it. And so you would just see two or three or four empty blocks that are legitimate by the network rules. And then as soon as they relented and other miners were able to come online to start scooping up transactions and confirming them, you would start to see blocks fill up. Interesting. Um, after that. Well, you it would really, probably you, shake faith. I mean, yeah, no, it would, it would hurt it for sure, but it, it wouldn't kill it. It sounds like, well, that, that's you, you are very knowledgeable on this. I'm, I'm glad I asked you and let me, because you have the, you know, I'm sure you have some Austrian economic background as well. Uh, my my mm -hmm. Austrian economic side is going down this path. So I'll get you out of here on this. It seems to me that it is counterintuitive to standard economic principles that you can have a product with essentially a guaranteed monopoly, no capacity for competition. Is that is that an unfair critique? I mean, obviously it's yeah, great. A... It, it's great to have Bitcoin be in this you know perpetual state of increasing in value uh, as opposed to fiat but it does it does strike me as counter to you know the laws of nature almost it's a, it's a, it's a fascinating question one that is grappled with uh, in the austrian community day in and day out um and uh oh and i'm not an original thinker god damn it <laughs> <laughs> well, i, I thought that was like such that. a good question it is it, no, well it is a good question because it's one of the first ones that austrians typically ask and okay. um and I think that that uh, that it's. I th I think that part of this question, um, you, you to 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 come back to like a Misesian principle of every action uh, that a human makes 
is one that intentionally is made to move them away from dis-ease. Mm-hmm. And, and expanding that to money, if you have a money that you know is going to decrease in value and one that you know is, let's just, gonna, let's just say, going to hold value, mm-hmm. um, which one do you opt to keep? The one I hold that holds value. Yeah. And, and I think that what you're going to, and I think that's what Thier's law, I think what you're going to see is that that good money is going to drive out bad. That's not to say that a better money couldn't come around. It's just to say that there isn't one right now. I mean, it seems as if your argument being that, that essentially any startup could be crushed in its infancy it, it seems as if there could never be any competition. I mean, unless it was something that wasn't a cryptocurrency. Is that fair? Uh, no, I, th- I think that you could, you could theoretically, from an Austrian uh, standpoint, see, a, uh, see something um, come about, but it would have to have a higher utility. It would have to uh, have a higher perceived utility. I got gotcha. you. Um, so it would ha- the code would have to be better in some fashion? Yeah, yeah. And not only would the code have to be better, um, because you could make the argument that other existing cryptocurrencies have better code. It's not an argument I would make because I don't believe that, but I think you could make that argument. Um, but at the same time, if that code doesn't translate into a network effect that builds a defense right. for the network, it's not going to have utility because you're, you're never going to have reliance. Not only are you not going to have reliance that the network will survive, but you're, you're not going to have reliance that it's censorship resistant. You, mm-hmm. if, if somebody can come in and, and 51% the attack and block your transactions um, or come in and can start to control the mining of the network and blacklist certain addresses, then yeah. you're back to square one. Yeah, and no, then it's not worthless. only that, but the proof the proof of work also defends the uh, the mo- one of the most important, maybe the most important aspect, which is the 21 million Bitcoin cap. That is, it is inflation proof. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the proof of work, the network effects behind Bitcoin, not just the code, the code without people is worthless, but the people behind it that are defending the network defend that 21 million cap. They defend the censorship resistance. Right. And, um, and so the, the utility that Bitcoin brings is so far and away better than anything else on the table right now with the one possible exception that it can't be used. Well, the one definite exception right now for, in terms of just today, that it cannot be used, um, easily for, for, um, uh, transactions for goods for some goods and services because people haven't accepted it yet. Right. Um, it's just a better money, and no, nothing else comes close. Now, could something come close? I, I mean, yeah, for sure. But it would have to be better. It would have to be better money than Bitcoin, and I don't see anything else that's even in the ballpark. So, given given that perspective, are you surprised that it's not two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand already? No, no, uh, because it's 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 a it's a you know, there's, there's, because uh, your your thesis implies that that is inevitable. You know what I'm saying? I think that it is if it's not attacked. Okay. Yeah, and in fact, I think it's it, it's much higher because I do believe that if if I, I think that there's two, um, there's two end states for Bitcoin. One, it becomes essentially global money, or it goes to zero. And that is, it's attacked. Uh, we accidentally put a, co- a bug in the code. You know, so, you know, some some one of those nightmare scenarios that every single Bitcoiner lays awake at night thinking about. <laughs> um, less and less these days. Less and less these days. <laughs> right. But uh, but uh, but every but I don't think there's a middle ground. I don't think that you're going. I think that particularly when you understand the game theory behind the mining, the economics behind the mining and the decreasing subsidy for miners, you know, you've probably heard about the issuance schedule where initially for the first 50 Bitcoin, then 25 Bitcoin, that basically puts you on the clock. You have to start filling up those blocks 
with fee paying members. Because if you don't get fees and the subsidies go away, you go away. So we, we're on the clock. And what, what you're going to need to see is you're going to need to see more and more people using this network, which we have seen, thank God, right. and displacing the, that subsidy with fees, with net, with, with, with uh, uh, transaction fees. Mm-hmm. And if they don't do that, it's dead in the water. But if they do do that and it continues in this way, I think that its path is laid out for it. Interesting. Wow. Well, I've, I've learned a lot. Um, I, I really hope that I get a, a slightly better entry point here when I, when I go liquid in like June. Um, but for the sake of the, the product and the future itself, I'll just buy in at whatever price it's at. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Dude, I, I'm telling you, man. Yeah. I, 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 uh, I, uh, would buy earlier rather than later because just go ahead and pull up, you know, the 100 day moving average or the 200 day moving average or something. I think, I think I don't, I don't remember what, uh, what time frame you have to go to, but, uh, that's never gone down. I, I think it might be the, wow. I, I don't remember, but it basically, uh, you know, it, it mitigate, it, it, it serves to mitigate the, 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 the tremendous exhausted bull peaks and the tremendous exhausted bear peaks. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, it's, it's on its way up. Could you get a better entry? Absolutely. It could, you know, some, you know, like, like the, there's always FUD going around about this or that a lot of it's <laughs> almost all of it's bullshit, but it serves as great stacking opportunities. But, uh, right. uh you know, a great thing is if, if you had, if you had a, a chunk liquid right now, just getting a lump in there and then d- d- dollar cost averaging after that, that, yeah. that'll make you feel good. Yeah, no, that that's essentially what I've done. I, I'm putting in, you know, millions into the construction of these homes. So I, I just don't have okay, yeah. any liquidity beyond yeah. that. So, yep. you know, yep. I've done what I can. Um, and then I hope, yeah, I hope I'll have this massive amount of liquidity here soon. And then I can really be a player, but it's just, uh, it's just, a, we're a still really, early, dude. No, I, I agree. We're still I, early. And I, I just think it's a very, very exciting time, a very interesting product. And, and speaking of exciting times and interesting products, at car underscore camp it on Twitter. No, excuse me. At TLE underscore car. <laughs> My bad, man. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've, I've screwed up myself like a million times. <laughs> T- TLE is uh, Timeline Earth. You guys can find that on any uh, podcast platforms out there. Is there. Is there any specific one that you like to have them subscribe on? Oh, no, it doesn't matter to us, man. Uh, just grab that RSS feed. We've got our website up uh, now. It's like 85% there. Uh, I have been partially doing it, and I suck at that kind of shit, so don't give me any shit for it. Uh, it's timelineearth.org. <laughs> nice. um, again, we're going to be rolling out the Patreon, and we're going to be rolling out a, a, a store as well, so just keep an eye out for it. Killer. Well, thank you so much for taking the time, man. It's been a bless. Dude, likewise. Thanks so much for having me on. Shout out to everybody that's been with me since Jump Street. Appreciate y'all. World premiere. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweeting from your phone. Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne. If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home. The virus is scared of will come and it'll go. The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe. Like Nico and Shane, you're probably wondering what's happening. Scared Hollywood lefties lyrical fappening. A typo with Luke might bring the nooses. We all bite the bullet, I'm the king of the gooses. Freckles and Brit didn't know I could spit. Knew I was a patriot, but now I'm the shit. 
host Peter Quinones Invite me on Which podcast sends custom songs Part of the problem Now I stand with the people Dave showed the way But I am unequal Lions of Liberty Now hear me roar Beat running up But I got a bit more Robbie the fire Always running his mouth But I made him a sandwich Now I'm man of the house No malice for Nick But you're welcome to quit A win over BLM With the fire I spit Friends against government Just call us fags Copy the Cairo Put mummies in the bag Allowable opinions Get thrown on the ground Silky smooth time Was the only sound Getting so hot Must be Eric July Screaming in the mic To rip a 59 Miles to Ray Showed that black guns matter Now all these lefties Got crazy small bladders None of us wanted war But we're ready You know I be bopping Ain't rock steady Liberty lockdown Please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone But yeah it's on hold Where did it come from And where did it go It requires a fight Not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king Get him off the fucking throne If you ride with the thought You've always got a home The virus you're scared of Will come and it'll go The government knows us Don't get treated like a hoe Let's get into the show